for joining us for this episode of What the Finance. We are thrilled to be joined by Emily Seddon, Development Director for Haven Housing, and she's going to talk with us a little bit about charitable giving as we get close to the end of the year. Before we get into our topic today, we do have a little housekeeping to get out of the way. Our show is made possible in part by our patrons on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get episode shoutouts, access to topic polls, and be able to listen to hilarious outtakes. We'd also like to invite you to follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook at What the Finance, Twitter at finance underscore what, on Instagram at what underscore the underscore finance. And we would also be delighted if you emailed us at what underscore the underscore finance at protonmail.com. So guys, diving right in with Emily, before we start talking about charitable giving, could you... Uh, maybe tell us a little bit about what brought you into the work that you're doing now. Sure. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm really excited to talk to you both about philanthropy. I spend a lot of time thinking about it, a lot of time working on it, and I'm really passionate about it. And so I would say I know, I've known since college that I wanted to work with nonprofit, um, but I don't think that my 22-year-old self would have known I would have become a fundraiser. But I've always had a passion around helping people have get, meet their basic needs um, and set themselves up well for the future. And so that's why Haven Housing's mission to provide shelter and housing to women and kids as they stabilize and plan for their future is really important to me. And so at a lot of nonprofits, it's kind of an all hands on deck mode. And we ask of our staff a lot. And as a young person in my career, that was uh, a chance to try some new things, including fundraising. And so I was asked to help and I agreed to help. And as soon as I realized how amazing it felt to help community members connect to a cause they care about and support that cause and advance that cause, I was hooked. So now I've been fundraising for over 10 years. Awesome. I think before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about how hard it can be for women especially to like talk about money and ask for money. And often that manifests in like what we take home for a pay. But would you say that it is maybe a little bit easier to, when you're fundraising, to ask for donations for other people? Yeah. I mean, I think you still, you, there is a certain amount of comfort you have to develop around talking about money, spend a lot of time kind of exploring my own values and my own assumptions and judgments and biases around money and wealth. But it is definitely easier to say that like, this is the future I envision for the world. Do you want to support that versus, <laughs> what, versus right? Could you just give me, you know, an extra 50 bucks so I can go out to dinner this weekend? Right. <laughs> right. Or you'd say, right. The, the vision I have for my world is that I can go out to dinner tonight. Uh, right. <laughs> so 
if a person is looking to donate to a nonprofit, Chris, you talked about this a little bit, and I feel strongly about it also, is making sure that you connect to the mission of the organization. Um, but are there other things that people should be looking for? Yeah, I mean, so I think making sure that the organization is doing work you care about in a way you care about, uh, right? Because there's more than one way to solve a lot of problems is the most important thing, right? Like I would hope the nonprofits or causes you're supporting have good websites or social media presences or ways that you can follow them and learn more about the work that they're doing. Many larger Small to, small to large nonprofits will put annual reports on their website, um, which is really a dedicated space for storytelling about the work that they're doing and the accomplishments they've achieved over the years. And so looking at those, I think is important. You also think want to look at how the organization is going to spend your money, right? Like they need to be able to tell you that. And it could be really general, right? Like for mm -hmm. me, when I'm working with donors who support Haven Housing, right? I say, you're going to support housing and services for women, right? Like that's really general, but it, it is, it's something. And I think it is letting people know that that is the priority for us. Mm -hmm. It's not that we are going to take that money and build a new building or do a whole bunch of, you know, programming that's outside of that. We're not going to start running an after-school program or something like that. And, you know, those things might happen at some point, who knows? Um, but right. Those are the things we, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say Haven housing is doing or not doing any of those things, but we, we would tell our donors when we are doing them. I think as part of that, it's really helpful if you as a donor can kind of look at the broader ecosystem of the cause you're caring about. So if it's housing and homelessness, right, there's lots of organizations working in that space and mm -hmm. you should know what's going on because you want to know what partnerships are happening because that's some of what your money is going to go to support. And so those are, I would say the two biggest, most broadest things of no matter what cause you're going to support, you should take a look at that. And I would say the third thing, and this is a kind of an if thing, but our right, philanthropy is really built around uh, our tax code uh, in the United States. And some people are looking for a tax deduction when they give um, to a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So those are people who itemize on their taxes. So if you want that tax deduction, you do need to make sure that you're giving to a 501c3 nonprofit or an organization that's fiscally sponsored by one so that they can promise you that tax deduction with the IRS. There's lots of causes, grassroots causes, uh, political causes, right this podcast patreon right that are all worth are all worthy things to be giving to and supporting to but and that's maybe where you choose to put your charitable dollars but it's that's separate from the taxes from the tax deduction that you can get from giving to a 501c3 nonprofit this is somewhat tangential but as you were talking about researching nonprofits and how they're going about their mission i'd also say that that's super important just generally even if you don't want to donate so i know Cheyenne knows this i think Emily, probably you know this also, but in my master's degree is in public and nonprofit administration. And as I was going through the program, so many people will be like, oh yeah, whatever, man. It's so easy to start a nonprofit. You can just go and, and do it. And like, okay, maybe technically that's true. And it's easy to keep that status if you're not raising any money. But just assuming that nobody else is already doing the work is just honestly not very generous and kind of insulting to the community that you live in. <laughs> So I think that research piece applies 
like outside of just like, Hey, who do you want to give your money to? If you're, you know, looking to give. For sure. For sure. Don't just assume that you can just start a 501c3 and overnight solve homelessness in your community. (laughs) That's not how it works. (laughs) And I would say that's especially important if you aren't, if you're looking to support causes that are outside of your immediate community. So, Mm -hmm. um, right? Like Haven Housing is located in North Minneapolis and a lot of people are interested in investing in the neighborhood and making it a better place who don't live there. And that's wonderful. And we love having their support and they're supporting organizations like Haven Housing and others that are there every day kind of doing the work. And so we're really grateful to have that support um, and glad that somebody who, you know, lives in downtown St. Paul isn't deciding that they're going to start their own nonprofit <laughs> to, to do right. the exact same thing, right? We want to partner <laughs> with people who have the same passion. When Rachel and I have talked before about just in general driving change in not just your own communities, but nationally by being very mindful about where you put your money. And I feel like as we're, you know, we, you know, we talk about this kind of stuff pretty much all the time, this mm-hmm. like just really driving home, <laughs> making sure that you're doing that research and fully understanding what you're giving your money to and what that, what those organizations are doing because can drive so much change with money. For real. Um, So I guess kind of on the flip side of the, like, what are good things to look for? What are some things that would maybe like stand out as red flags in an organization? That's, that's a tough one because every organization is, is so different, but right. Like I would say really, again, really broadly, like things that are pointing to unethical behavior or by the organization or the staff or are giving you signs that they really don't align with your values. Right. And in our day and age, a lot of that stuff ends up in news headlines. That's easily Googleable. So <laughs> Googleable. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. So if you Google, Google the nonprofit you care about, see what kind of news stories come up, right? Maybe something did happen, you know, a decade ago. Have they done the work to, you know, rebuild the trust and convince that they've changed and are doing good work in the way that you want to be supporting now? So, right. It's not a, if there's something, one, one bad story, it's, it's a negative review, but that would be the main thing I would, I would look out for. I think, I would also just, you know, ask a nonprofit if you have questions, right? If you are reading something and you're concerned about what you saw, they should have a way to contact them on their website. So, or social media, but, you know, ask your question. And if they're not willing to talk to you, not able to answer it, that's probably not a good fit for you. If you're going to, if you're interested in being really engaged with a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And then there are some services out there like uh, charity review uh, Charity Navigator, Charity Review Council, and the Better Business Bureau's Wise Giving Alliance that do some vetting of nonprofits along both really broad and, and some pretty specific standards that they set as best practices or as ideal. Those can be a helpful tool, but they aren't kind of the end-all be-all because those tools cost money. So small nonprofits likely aren't ranked by them or rated by them or participating in those kind of verification programs. So if they have a good review on any of those sites, that's great, right? Like that can help build (laughs) that trust for you. But I wouldn't say that like not having a review on um, or that seal of approval um, means that they're a bad organization in any way. No, that makes sense. And I always think too, with red flags about how the organization is representing its population. I'm just 100% going to throw somebody under the bus here. There's that, um, there's an autism advocacy organization called Autism Speaks and they talk about autism like it's a, like it's a curable illness and that there's something wrong with uh, folks with that particular brand of neurodivergent behavior, but 
that's not actually the case. And so I guess I always feel like that's really important too, is right. Are you a nonprofit who's talking about who's othering the people that you're serving? That can be kind of problematic. Yeah. yeah also, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least like the spaces that I'm in, I always hear about like how good it is for individuals to donate before the end of the year. And you talked about this a minute ago with right, like donate before the end of the year so you can get your tax deductions in or whatever. But on the nonprofit side, is there anything that is like specifically super helpful about donations at the end of the year? Or is it just kind of like yeah. when the money comes in, whenever the money comes in, it's really helpful? Yeah, it's really helpful whenever the money comes in, honestly. I think right, we've got this kind of self-perpetuating cycle where um, because of our tax laws, because of our holiday traditions, a lot of giving happens at the end of the year. And it's fun and exciting and it makes people feel good and it brings families together. So then nonprofits raise a lot of money in that November, December timeframe. And then because they did that one year, they're going to try again and do it the next year. And so we just kind of, we keep building on this excitement around the end of the year, right? And that's great, right? Like we need that income to last us throughout the year. So if giving at the end of the year works for you and your family, and it's when you get excited about it, give then, all right? If you want to, if you're making sure you get your donation in before the end of the tax year, that's great. But if you're budgeting and saying, I can give $5 a month and I'm just going to do it all year long. That is just as helpful as giving a good, as giving a big chunk at the end of the year. Awesome. That was kind of what I thought, but I'm like, I mean, is this just like a cultural thing, right? Like everybody's feeling generous or is there an actual reason that it's, I mean, yeah, it we've done it to ourselves. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, you know, and I think the piece about if you want to really be engaged in the not with the nonprofit and the work that you are, the work that they are doing, if you want to have those conversations with staff and right, like the staff are going to be, especially for the small nonprofits, the staff are going to be less stressed in November and December, (laughs) Um, right? So because it's such a busy giving time, again, it's that all hands on deck mentality that there's just a lot going on. And so finding ways to really treat your philanthropy as a relationship with an organization that changes over time, but also spans over time, I think is a really good way to approach it. And then I guess with that, are there types of gifts uh, that are especially helpful? And I have my own opinion about this, but I'm still curious about you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, again, it's really like... (laughs) Every little bit helps. It's going to take everybody chipping in to um, make the changes we want to see. And certainly every nonprofit knows that they have um, supporters with varying financial means and time and talent also that they can give, right? Volunteerism is is a really big engine in our nonprofit sector as well. So really any financial gift you can give is helpful. Um, and there's so many ways to do it. Um, so like we, we pretty typically think of giving something that's, you know, equivalent to cash. So paying on a credit card or a check or um, dropping money in a donation bin at a museum or something like that. That's all, all helpful. I think if you, depending on how you budget monthly giving, setting up something that's recurring just on your credit card every month or taken out of your bank account every month is really helpful because it allows nonprofits to plan, right? Like they can count on that money coming in over time. They can help, it helps them with their planning. And it also saves them the staff time and the cost of 
getting in touch with you to ask you to give again next year, right? Because we're always trying to keep people engaged. We spend a lot of our time, you know, asking people to renew support to us. And if you have something set up that just happens every month, um, we can do the fun part. We can thank you, right? Like, so we can, we can, right? We can get past all of the, all of the stuff about renewing your gift and go straight to telling you about the impact. And so, I would definitely encourage listeners to think about that. And then there's lots of like slightly more complicated, but also still pretty accessible ways you can plan ahead for giving. I think especially career age women, there's a lot of, right? Like we may not have a ton of money to give right now, but it is possible for me right now to say, you know, if I, God forbid, die prematurely, right? My retirement account could go to a nonprofit. I'm not going to use it now. Or when I'm 90, if I haven't spent all of my retirement account, it can go to a nonprofit. And that might be a bigger gift than I'm ever possibly able to give. So thinking about those kind of creative ways to plan for the impact you want to have, I think is really great for people to include in their financial planning. And nonprofits can tell you a lot of what's possible, um, but you should always probably get some advice from a financial (laughs) person a tax person or, um, right. Cause those, those things also have, um, usually positive, um, or, you know, tax deducting, um, implications for you to do things like that. So it's great to have that professional advice too. I know. I feel like I hear about estate planning all the time and I, uh, I can't even fathom like having an estate to plan with. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so like, it's really, that's a challenge. (laughs) Yeah. But if you think about it, like by the time we are nearing retirement age, like we might have paid off a mortgage. So we might own our house. We might right have retirement accounts. And when you add all of those things, and if we're still working, we're earning an income. And so if you add all of those things together, a lot of people have, have more than they maybe think. Um, and certainly, right, like you need to plan for your retirement and your future and people are living longer than ever. So there's certainly a lot of costs associated with aging, but I would say, don't sell yourself short that everybody has something to give time, talent, money, right? Just spreading the word. Um, you can, you can plan for that, uh, no matter how wealthy you are. Right. <laughs> I like that you mentioned other ways to be supportive of a nonprofit other than money, such as time. Are there, are there any other ways that you can think of uh, in like the short term that people can help out? Cause I, me, for instance, I don't, I don't have time. <laughs> so like <laughs> people like me who maybe don't have that, that income um, and maybe don't have a lot of time to volunteer. Is there, I mean, is there any, any way that they can also support a nonprofit? Yeah, absolutely. I think talent goes a little bit with time, right? Like I think sharing expertise or being right like that takes some time some um some more than others but sharing expertise is one great way if you have a professional skill that um is useful to a nonprofit you care about i'd say also really right like we're all on our phones all the time helping spread the word and liking social media posts commenting <laughs> sharing right like we are all trying to get our message in front of as many people as possible. So any engagement, even if it's just a like, yeah, way to go, or like, that's so interesting, right? Like it really, it does help um, to be engaged uh, on social media. It helps the nonprofit for you to be engaged with them on social media. Hopefully you learn something too and get a little something out of the relationship. And then 
in a similar vein, I think more and more nonprofits are thinking and speaking more widely about what kind of advocacy, community advocacy or political advocacy looks like for them, because nonprofits do engage in that and can be engaged in that, right? Like we don't support political candidates, but we can support policies that are going to advance our mission. And so as things like that come up and nonprofits are saying, you know, sign this petition or for this cause or you know, contact your legislator because we, and ask them to support this policy. Those are really quick things. And some platforms, like there's like a template letter and you just put your name on it and push send and it can go right in. Um, they make it really easy to do some of that advocacy. And um, uh, yeah, so the, yeah, those are the, I think the less time intensive thing. Awesome. Well, Emily, is there anything else that you wish that people knew about charitable giving? Um, yeah. And I know I that's a really big question. So I apologize. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a lot, right? Yeah. Right. We, like, we, could have, we could have a series, podcast series just on this. I, we would I love think, that. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. So, you know, I would say that nonprofits are far from perfect, as is philanthropy, and we're all working in this capitalist system that is supporting white supremacy and built on white supremacy and trying to dismantle it, but also trying to be a band-aid for some of the harms that are being caused at the same time. And so that's a real tension, I think, that a lot of nonprofits feel. And so, you know, I would say as you're being engaged with nonprofits, talk about. I think it's happening more and more, but as a donor to a nonprofit, that is part of your role and your responsibility, I think. And right, trust to, is necessary to have those conversations. And, you know, nonprofits trust you to support them, to continue to support them. Um, but you also have to trust them that they know what's to your point, Rachel, what's best to do with the money you're giving in the community that they are set up to serve. Giving really flexibly giving to that general operating support is really, really helpful to nonprofits. Then I just say, right, like the nonprofits are in the long haul and we hope you are too with all, with all of that, right? Like we know change isn't going to happen overnight and we hope that you know that too and will stick with us through, <laughs> through this work. Uh, it's good work, but it's challenging work and we really appreciate every gift that we get and we are going to do the best we can with it, but we're not going to solve in Haven housing case of homelessness overnight and so we need partners who are going to be with us for the long haul well thank you <laughs> yes. thank you so much yeah you're welcome thanks so much for having me this has been really lovely